looking forward to having a number of guests calling in tonight. Um, as most people realize, uh, Lemmy Kilmeister passed away earlier this week, and um, trying to do a tribute to him by having a, a number of friends of mine calling in. Um, first off, uh, also musicians I'm a I'm fairly familiar with Doyle Bright from uh, Rigor Mortis, Hallow's Eve, and now Sog. He be, he's gonna be calling in first. Oh, the uh, my buddy JW, um, huge Rigor Mortis, Hallow's Eve, Guar, and all of that camp, and I know he's probably a huge Motorhead fan, so likely he'll be calling in probably around eight. Uh, my buddy Neil went out from Chicago. I'm hoping he's gonna be calling in around eight thirty. Let's see, Ari. Ash, he um, he was a radio, he was a um, cable access uh, radio sh host um, back in the eighties. He he dealt with quite a lot of bands back then, and uh, he's gonna tell me about his crazy interview with uh, Lemmy Kilmeister back in the day. Possibly my buddy Chris, my buddy Chris Butera is gonna be calling in. I believe he saw a a uh, Motorhead show back in the day. Well, not back in the day, uh, a few years ago. And um, probably and also myself. Myself, I I've seen the the Motorhead show back in the day. Yeah. The Fates and Exciter show uh, that went around uh, when they were touring at the time, and um, of course Exciter and Fate were in uh, um, supports. Mm -hmm. And uh, great show it was. I remember at the Capitol Theater in Passaic for you, all you. Uh, Folks, and I know you, many of you Jersey folks who listen to the station do know the uh, Capitol Theater and remember it being an iconic um, little uh, place to go see a show back in the day. Held about a nice 1,500 people, kind of, you know, um, definitely a nice uh, place to see a show. Saw my first show ever there, um, being Alice Cooper back in 81. But um, yeah, I've seen seen many a show at Capitol Theater, and uh, only got to uh, got to see Lemmy Kilmeister perform once. But uh, what was that show like? Great show, um, very loud, very loud. Uh, I remember uh, one thing: screaming at the top of my lungs. I could not hear myself scream. So that was that was about as loud as a show as that I remember. That Manowar and Sabotage were probably. Probably Motorhead at that time was the loudest that I've seen. With now, what what album had uh, Motorhead recently put out? Killed by Death, which was uh, what album was that at the time? Um, Orgasmatron. Well, I don't think it was Orgasmatron. I think it was around um, just the, the time the new guitarist came in, and he was. Uh, Another Perfect Day, so whatever came after Another Perfect Day, and they played Killed by Death, and that was the big hit at Wait, the time. Wait, what year was this? 84. 84? Yeah, that was Another Perfect Day. Yes. So, even Killed by Death was played, so... Was that on? That was on... Um, what album was that on? Let me see. I'm that wasn't on Another Perfect Day. No, it was not. Might have been um, on Iron Fist? No. Nope, it was on the album afterwards. Uh, another it perfect. Orgasm, it wasn't Orgasmatron. It wasn't another perfect day. It was one of the others, but um, on parole. 
On Parole's their first album. No. Was their first official. There was yeah. Motorhead, and then there was the one that was the independent, the very independent that uh, had City Kids on there, The Watcher, um, Train Kept a Rolling, yeah. um, and then the famous LP of called What's Words Worth, which was a great little live LP back in 81 that they had done. Mm. Or wasn't even that they put out in 81, but was recorded somewhere 76, 77. Yeah. Doing some recordings, but yeah, something in there. But still trying to figure out. That said, you know, in the set list that they played Killed by Death, and I'm like, I don't, I didn't think that was released until 87, to tell you the truth. Because I remember that was very uh, synonymous with the WWE yeah. as well. That's, that's what made that song. And that's what gave him the hit. The show was definitely 84. Okay. But that particular song, I don't think, came out until 87. Well, on that note, oldest Motorhead song I have is uh, <coughs> Pardon me. Cradle to the Grave from uh, The Decline of Western Civilization, the Metal Years soundtrack. And, um, I mean, that, that was an amazing soundtrack. He had a lot of really cool stuff on there. Um, Alice Cooper with Axl Rose slash and Izzy. Oh, the Garden. Yeah, doing the Garden. One no, the no, they they did ever. Under My Wheels. Oh, Under My Wheels as well. Yeah, they did the Garden on I believe Use Your Illusion One. Yes, yes, it was great, great tune, great tune. And uh, there was Rigor Mortis foaming at the mouth. That was the original appearance of it. Let's see, it was a an, a different cut of Megadeth in My Darkest Hour. That was different than the So Far So Good So What release. Um, and some other stuff. But uh, here we go. It is 7 p.m. and you are listening to WMSC 90.3 in Upper Montclair, New Jersey. Uh, this is Japanic of Japanic's Rock and Metal Pandemonium. I got my good buddy Dave Shack on. And we have quite a number of guests calling in tonight. So definitely stay tuned for the next three hours. All right, let's start off the show. Um, Dedication to uh, Lemmy, Motorhead Cradle to the Grave. Stay tuned. Here we go.
Hey, we just had Motorhead doing us cra- doing Cradle to the Grave and Alice Cooper with Axel Slash and Izzy doing a live cut of Under My Wheels. And now, um, speaking of the devil, well, almost, um, we have Rigor Mortis doing Foaming at the Mouth, and pretty soon we have uh, ex-Rigor Mortis singer Doyle Bright calling in and uh, giving us some stories about Lem- uh, or Lemmy uh, Kilmeister. All right, here we go with some Rigor Mortis. Stay tuned to MSC.
now we're going to hear some freaks. Hopefully, uh, Dola's going to be calling in soon. Here we go. Yo, Doyle, what's up? Hey, Nick, how's it going? Ah, uh, it's going well. How are you doing today, man? Doing good today. It's a, Well, it's a brand new day. 
Brand new year. Happy new year. Playing about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody. This is uh, Doyle Bright from Rigor Mortis, Hallow's Eve, and now Sog. And uh, it's uh, third time uh, doing an interview with you, Doyle. Um, now, pretty much purpose of this one is just it, we're talking about uh, stories from uh, appearances with uh, Motorhead. And um, you, yeah. can you tell me about the band you were in before Rigor Mortis? Because, uh, sure. Um, you know that, hello people. Uh, that band was, uh, you know, it was a crossover punk thrash metal band, East Coast style. Uh, the band was named the Bang Gang, not to be confused with the, um, Hollywood poser act that took that name over after I broke the band up. So, um, yeah, that, that was the name of the band. It was a, um, tongue in cheek thrash punk band uh really our only purpose was to piss people off i used to i remember i used to cook microwave pizzas on stage in between songs and fling them out into the crowd with the hot cheese flying all over everybody and well <laughs> i can needless like to the say the shows, shows um were crowded <laughs> awesome now um somewhere down the line you you ended up uh getting to uh, open up for uh, Motorhead. Can you tell me about that show? Yeah, that was, that was really crazy. They, uh, you know, this was, this was like in a coliseum. This was back in, uh, I guess this was 80, 86. This was been 86, I guess. And it was like one of the, you know, back when the bands used to play in like the 10,000-person arenas and so forth. And we were, we were the only band that opened for them that night. And, uh, you know, that, that happened because I had made the first demo tape for the band, you know, my punk band. And uh, we were getting ready to send it out, but we had a guy that was kind of calling himself our manager. Somehow he found out Motorhead was coming into town. Bam, he got us on the bill. Nobody else. They did not have a traveling act with them. So um, we got on the bill. It was a you know, great show. You know, I got some stories about what happened and everything. But uh, long story short, I gave the demo tape to their road manager. The uh, Maybe after our sound check. I can't remember. He was walking around. I was like, hey, man, here's, here's my band's new demo tape. <laughs> and he was like, very cool. Thanks. Took it. Didn't see him again the rest of the night, I don't think. But uh, somehow that tape made it across the country over the next few weeks and ended up in the hands of somebody that thought I should be singing for rigor mortis. Wow. So my, uh, my buddy that thought he was my manager gets, uh, maybe he was, <laughs> gets a call from, from out west, capital. Uh, he calls me up. We're all sitting around over here in Atlanta on a Saturday, Sunday afternoon watching football, me and my band. The call comes through on the phone. Hey, Doyle, it's for you. It's somebody from uh, Hollywood. I get on the phone. Um, the voice says, hey, man, I, I, I want you to come out here. Um, we really like what we've heard from you. We want to check you out. And I just looked to my guys, and I was like, holy, holy moly. It's capital. They want us. And then the voice very quickly said, no, no, Doyle, not the band, just you. And I was like, gulp. 
So I had to get off the phone and explain to my band members that they just they want me. So they all you know patted me on the back and wished me well, and I told them that when I could, I would get them all in bands that were doing something, and I did. You know, so that's that's how that happened, man. It was just um, a, a you know, was it a fluke of luck? I don't know. Maybe no. right place at the right time thing. Can you tell me about how your set was when you were uh, performing with Motorhead? Yeah, it was, uh, well, we got a 45-minute show. We got to do every original we had ready to go. Um, the show was really cool. I, it was, honestly, it was one of my first shows in a giant, you know, giant place like that. I remember looking out on the people, and I could actually see a sea of people out in front of me for the first time. It was really great. I, <laughs> I remember there was a folding chair on the on the front of the stage, for some reason, off the side of the stage, and I walked to the side of the stage. I'm playing. I prop my foot up on the chair like you would a monitor. Right, well, the chair folded. <laughs> so, so it folded on my left foot and closed up, and I just kicked it off my leg. And I remember it went flying ten feet into the air, way out into the crowd. What else happened that night? Uh, it was oh, I remember about halfway through the set noticing that his one and only Lemmy was watching my band play from the side of the stage, and he must have watched our whole set because he was there when I finished the set. And we went back and were, you know, toweling off and everything. And he walked up to me and in a very nice, his wonderful, nice tone said, you're the first, man, you're the first. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, the George Michaels hate song. I love it. Because <laughs> <laughs> the band had a song called the George Michaels hate song. And uh, and that was really the only time I got to speak to him. Uh, in the afternoon, they were doing a sound check, and they were allowing us to watch, and we were sitting on side stage. And the band got in a fight. And I believe it was Wurzel that uh, threw his guitar down. <laughs> and Motorhead's road manager stepped up to me in a very low voice and said, hey, man, you guys need to leave the stage area right now. They're fighting. <laughs> so they kicked us out of the sound check. And it was a great show. And it led to me getting signed. Now, that's my signing story. Wow. That was my second recording contract. I actually had one when I was uh, 16 with a label called Pandem Records, who was owned by one of the percussionists in The Temptations. So, um, but yeah, that was my, my big break, you know. So, like, what what album was Motorhead promoting during that uh, time? <laughs> Don't ask me that, man. I, <laughs> my memory is good, but um, little specifics like that, I'm not sure. Whatever would have been out in 86. Ah, okay. touring for that album. Orgasmatron, that would be it. Okay. Absolutely, that was it. Orgasmatron. What what yep. is the album that was after Another Perfect Day? Because in the set list, I know when I seen them in 84, they played Killed by Death. And I just remember that specifically being WWE. And I'm figuring that was 86, 87, yet they played it that night before, I guess, it was even 
a hit, or maybe it was just a new song that they just kind of threw in there maybe that night? It was. It must have just been a new song. Yep, I mean, yep. You know, I know many times songs get played for the public before they're ever even yep. announced that they're going to be on an album, or you even know that they're going to be on a new future album, you know? Yep. Because I would have remembered that, so it was mm -hmm. just like it was just weird. So yeah, it was a it was a great night, man. Awesome. <laughs> and I know Hallow's Eve has uh, played several times with uh, <laughs> Motorhead at one of the shows. The uh, what happened at that show? Motorhead had to cancel. Hallow's Eve had to leave. And there were a thousand people around the bus shaking it, the big van, white van, shaking it back and forth. <laughs> get, I mean, it get was back like, in it there. Was like, <laughs> it was like, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Uh, I, I've seen that happen before. Yes, it could get very crazy. Mm hmm. <laughs> wow. No doubt about it. So, you yeah, hear there about were good times, man. Good times. You hear about when, um, were there, or do you hear about, like what it was like with the uh, Motorhead Hallow's Eve shows? Uh, just just normal shows, normal yeah. shows. I think Hallow's Eve opened for uh, Motorhead two, maybe three times. Stacy would remember that exactly. He just gave his Motorhead story on on Facebook the other day. I read it, and he he touched on those shows. So anybody that wants to know details of those, go and look up Stacy on Facebook from Hallow's Eve, and you can see his story, his Lemmy story on there. I didn't post my Lemmy story online because, you know, I mean, there's enough of that. Yeah. But, um... It, it was a good story. <laughs> so tell me what's going on with uh, SOG these days because uh, that's your band of uh, yep. importance right now. Surely is. It's, uh, it's what I'm doing to keep myself entertained at the moment. SOG is, uh, you know, a work in progress. We are... I have just a little more than next um, than just a little more than half of the next album written. Uh, I will go ahead and tell the world right now. This album is entitled "Sog Expansion Chamber," so that will be the title of the second Sog album released. Um, we're going to record in February. Um, I'm looking for a, a release of I don't know. May, late May, before summer, right before summer. So it'll be out for the summertime. Uh, it'll be right out because it's on Hallow's Eve Media. And uh, it's uh, what you would expect and more. It's um amplified version of the first album. I've pulled a little bit more away from the Hallow's Eve riffage type stuff on this album and gone a little bit more in direction of my old band Rigor Mortis maybe. Uh, there's a lot of aggressive guitar playing, sharp guitar playing. Uh, you know, that's, that's really about it. Once again, like I will say, it's guaranteed not to have a hit single on this album, thank goodness. <laughs> and uh, that's about it, you know. You, you won't see it advertised on the front page of YouTube, <laughs> but it'll be out there. You think and, um, no. you might get Bruce Corbett to... Uh do vocals on a track for that album? I don't know. I have not talked to Bruce about that yet, but I do have an idea that um, if not for this record or the third Sog album, I would like to incorporate um, my buddy Stacy Anderson, the lead singer for Hallow's Eve, 
and my brother Bruce Corbett, lead singer for, you know, Rigor Mortis before me, and, uh, and then in the end, and then for War Beast. I have an idea that I'm going to write a song for each one of these gentlemen to sing, and I'm going to invite them in as a guest singer on the third album, I believe it's going to be, for each song. And as was my intention for this new band, SOG, was not to have a a permanent lineup of the same old faces playing every album. You know, I feel like those days are gone, and I wanted to uh, feature as many musicians um, in this band as possible from the very beginning. So people will see musicians coming and going, coming and going. Um, there may be a main staple man that I keep, um, Alan Strange, my guitar player. He's a, he's a main staple in the band. He's my right-hand guitar man. And um, but and I have my new drummer back, Kelly Sanford, from the old days of the Bang Gang that I was telling you about. And he went on to have fame with Arcane and Something in Atlanta and uh, Super X-13 in Atlanta. So he's a celebrated musician. So I've got him back, and I can probably say that he will be with me for the long haul. But I want to feature different people in this band, mm -hmm. you know, and... Uh, Maybe some of the people that originally were, were rigor mortis fans and Hallow's Eve fans that are now, you know, prominent, famous musicians that would like to come in and, and throw their two cents worth in. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that will probably happen if I, can, if I can convince my brothers to do it. <laughs> Doyle, I had one question I wanted to ask you, sir. As you sure. know... Um... The college radio has been forever a staple of how you guys would be able to be played. Absolutely. I'm 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 on internet radio. I was with internet radio, and I don't know if you're aware of the um, situation that was going on with the royalties, the BMIs, the ASCAP, the Sound Exchange um, that controlled the royalties. Well, they um, ended up. Uh, raising rates astronomically, and it closed down a lot of the internet radio stations, including the one that I was recently at. I was yeah. wondering if you were aware or if you uh, wanted to say anything about it or question anything about it of what was going on with it. I'll be honest with you about that, man. I am, I am totally out of the loop on that, and probably the reason being is... I don't really care about royalties. I don't. Uh, I still get checks, um, thanks to Mr. KCR, but I uh, I don't really keep up with royalty percentages and what I should be getting or shouldn't be getting. If I get a check, I'm like, cool. That's that's luck. <laughs> so so you know, you're but, you're more or less you're you're humbled that just somebody is listening to your to your music and you are humbled right. that they are playing that they're playing your music and you could care. Twos yeah, about the royalties and what I others. Did not, I did not get into the music business even from the very beginning when God I was bless a you, sir. to make money. I uh, wanted to be famous. I had Gene Simmons painted on my wall eight feet tall. I wanted to be a famous musician. I do not believe and live the life of feeling that just because I was given a gift and excelled in it um, to make music for people and give them something they enjoy 
that it entitles me to take money out of their pocket and bread off their tables God to feed their you. families. That's what I want to you hear. You know, I have a gift, and I like to give it to the people. That's why I'm, you know, my, my music's cheap, if not free. I want to give it to the people. I'm not worried about a paycheck. I just like to play for the people and give them something to enjoy. But I don't care about taking their money. <laughs> Yeah, then that's that's what's basically going on, and uh, it's gonna it's gonna hurt the internet radio, and you know where 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 the ones you know we're also out there playing your music, so uh, I I know you know that, and I know you've mm -hmm. uh, probably done many interviews with stations and know many stations and other stuff than that. I just didn't know if you knew to the. Uh, of what was actually going on with uh, the royalty acts at this time and what's going you know, on. I had, I had heard little rumors here and there about it, but I didn't even bother to just scope it out or find out about it. Yeah, know. because it's a, it's a real serious thing, and it's really um, taking down stations one by one right now, and it's just Yeah, uh, and you guys are awful. what, you know, you guys are, are what's kept, you know, our, our genre of, Music That's it. It was, it was, it was, it was, you know, the college radio or the underground radio. Uh, if they wanted to call us pirates or whatever it was, you know, um, we, we were just available. Absolutely. Yep. We're just trying. We're just trying to keep the music alive. And, you know, um, we want we want to be out here. We want to support you guys. And, you know, absolutely. they stuck and it to us, unfortunately. I and that's, can hear it. Yeah, that's bad. And you know what? You guys, type radio is the only type radio I'm I'm interested in even being on. Sure, absolutely, I, absolutely. I, I, I could not, I could care a flip about anything else, you know. But you guys, you get keep help keep the music going. And everybody, you know, everybody else would have to fake it. I don't want to fake it. You don't want to fake it. So you know, why why even try? Exactly. Yep. Exactly. No. So you know, this is this is a passing thing. It will probably once again wash itself away eventually. As as all turmoil in the music business does, you know, it, it lives, it dies, it invents itself again, and here we go again. Yeah, it's gonna, have, it will reinvent itself in some kind of way, you know. Uh, Absolutely. They say, don't Absolutely. mess with the DJ because the DJ always has the last word, right? <laughs> exactly. Unless you have to, unless he's the one that you have to make crawl out of your bus like a snake with your boot on his back because he's <laughs> drugs and yeah. everybody's nose in the band. I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, brother. <laughs> but yeah, I totally hear what you're saying, man, and I I, I back you 100 percent on all of you guys' efforts and what you do. Thank you, sir. We we back you as well. Now, Doyle, pretty much killer, killer. finishing things up. You have any uh, words of uh, goals that you want to achieve this year with like concerts and uh, this next album, like when it's going to drop and things like that? Well, well, like I said, we'll drop it out in our, um, late May. Um, you, I think you know me well enough to know that I wake up every day with no ambition or no expectations for myself or anything around me. And the day I was able to wake up and realize that, well, I don't have to have ambition to fulfill society's, society's glimmer of what I should be, then everything became easier to me in life, living, <laughs> making music. So I don't have any expectations for the band to be, you know, the biggest band in the world. I don't care about that. I just like to get out and play some one-off shows. I'm not going to take the band on a full-time tour or anything, but I am going to go play the cities that want to see my new band play and the festivals. So that's really what's on the agenda. We'll put the album out. Um, 
I won't hire a publicist for it. <laughs> I don't do that. I'll just put it out and let it make its way across. And, um, you know, by word of mouth and, you know, nowadays Facebook is really your publicist. <laughs> you know, you used to have to hire these people and they charge you thousands of dollars, but now it's like, oh, they're really sweating it too, like drummers are when drum machines came along. <laughs> you know, so that's that's basically what we'll be doing. We already have um, a couple of festivals lined up to play next year, um, giant open air outdoors, and uh, we'll do those. We'll record in February. I'll mix it through March, and bam, it'll be out right after that. It's going to be called Sog expansion chamber expansion chamber awesome bro and uh definitely hoping to see you out in the east as well as the west absolutely sog's an east coast band period <laughs> we'll go play the west we're going to go down and play play a show a festival in south america next year and it should be great but we are definitely an east coast band and um, that's all there is to that. We have an East Coast sound, I believe, which is fine with me. And uh, loving it. Loving every minute of it. Okay, Doyle, final words. Yo. Final words, you know, it's like, you know, like I always say, be good to yourself. Be good to the people. Um, life's too short to plan for the future. <laughs> it's my motto. Life's way too short to plan for the future. I live for every day. So just, you know. Be good to yourselves, people, and uh, rock on. <laughs> Badass, Doyle. And what would be a killer SOG song to follow up this interview with? Oh, you know, let's see. Why don't you, uh, why don't you follow this, this interview up with If It Bleeds? Perfect song for the media. Alrighty then, if it Doyle. it bleeds, it leads. Call it the feed. <laughs> really appreciate it. Have a nice day. Thanks, brother. Man, you guys have a great time. Happy New I'll Year, brother. To you, you too, man. I'll, I'll talk to you soon whenever I see you. You guys take care. Till the brother. next time, man. Be safe. Adios. You too. Bye-bye.
Joe Bright from Hallow's Eve, Rigor Morris, and now Song. You are listening to Japan Nick's Rock and Metal Pandemonium. No! Yo, this is Japan Nick. We just heard uh, If It Bleeds from uh, Sog, and I think we're going to follow that up with Psychic Surgery. How do you feel about that song, Dave? I'm psychic. And you're getting surgery. It's nothing like that. And um, that's kind of like about those crazy uh, people down south when they're like, oh, we can do like this surgery on people and take the tumors out of you. It's like that. Oh. Yeah, that's what the so song is about. Witch doctor kind of stuff, huh? Yeah. Oh. Um, just one of my favorite songs on the album. Um, great, great release. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> 